Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Lots of twos in that date. I hope you're hearing me okay. If you're not, let me know in the chat. Um, on the way in, we came in right at 7, you know, half an hour before the show. Thought it was enough time. Ran into the building manager. Had a bunch of stuff to talk about. So, um, yeah, running a little late. I'm actually trying a different computer this morning as well. Because we had the, uh, for some reason, my main computer is disconnecting in StreamYard. So I figured, well, we may disconnect. The camera and audio may just disappear like it did uh, on Tuesday. I had it happen uh, both on my live streams as well. But I'm not sure what update caused that or what change caused that. So just trying a whole new computer today. So with that said, let's go ahead and switch over to this view here. And... Um, Let's uh, talk about the news uh, first up here. Let me click over here. Is this uh, keyboard's a little wonky here? So I do want to thank theautomationschool.com for sponsoring this episode. Um, a very large portion of uh, Insights and Automation's income comes from you guys taking our courses, and we get some exciting things coming up. But if you know anybody who is um, looking for um, training on PLCHMI or SCADA, please tell them. To check out theautomationschool.com, I will be doing a pre-order up there for a very limited time special price on an HMI course. I love to do that for all my existing students and people who watch the shows. You can get in real early and get a great price before it goes to full price. So in any case, we have that. My monitor's a little crooked here. All right. So that's our sponsor. And then from there, we go to our first new product of the day. And uh, that is... Um, Banner. Banner has a great new product out. They actually, there's two different ones here. So these are miniature photoelectric sensors, but they're laser sensors. So there's two of these. This is the Q2X series. Okay. One is a laser measurement unit and one is a fixed field unit. And um, very interesting new product. You can read here all the facts about them, but uh, you know, they do have IOLink. They give you access to I, uh, measurement values, delay timers, and advanced diagnostics. I was just putting a delay timer into a uh, 3D virtual machine we're building for the automation school. And so having that on board the sensor is helpful in the, in the software I'm using, Machine Simulator, you can actually put your own code into the sensors. So in any case, really like that. Congratulations to Banner for their new product. And um, also found over at the support and sales site over at Siemens, Industry Online Support, United States. Um, there was a couple of product announcements, you know, available for sales and delivery. We have a 5G router. Now, let's see if I can zoom in here and, and get some more details. So let's first look at it, okay? So you can see it has uh, four antennas, right, that you can clip on here. And then it has four gigabit connections, okay? And this is a 5G router. But the good news is... If you go someplace without 5G, it also you can get the a, a unit with the same size, same form factor, with Wi-Fi 6. So Wi-Fi 6 is the latest Wi-Fi. Thank goodness they go, they're not doing A, Z, B, G, and all that anymore. But in any case, um, it does this new uh, 5G uh, device does support fallback. It will fall back to 3G and 4G if it loses 5G. That's very good. It does support both eSIM and physical SIM, very helpful. As you can see from the picture, it's only IP30. It's not like IP67. Um, we did talk about gigabit ports, right? Um, and uh, it does support IV6, uh, IPv6, sorry. And what else was it? 
Yeah, and the, I guess the other big thing here is that um, you know if you wanted Wi-Fi six, same same footprint, right? So the other one is very similar. Um, this is another five G router, right? The specs are very similar, right? But you can see here the antenna is installed, okay? But this one's a little different. So this is IP sixty five, okay? And uh, it also supports GPS. Uh, let's see what else is different here. Um, and it can be powered with PoE. And there is also a um, there's also a, a same form factor Wi-Fi six version of this as well. So with that, let's go to our next news story. And I thought this was interesting. Let me reject all here. So Softing has released a new product, but they released it both as a physical product and as an application that can run in Docker, right? So you can see here it's the HWPN and SWPN. I guess you can guess which one is software and which one's hardware. Um, but these are for Profinet. So they call these their, um, let's see here. They're, um, but um, these are being announced uh, next week or being shown next week at the Emerson Exchange. Um, and let's see here. Well, using the Emerson AMS device manager. So that's condition monitoring. There are a couple new videos about Emerson's AMS out. I didn't choose them for this show because, um, at least I didn't think so, because I didn't think they were on, they were, they were, they were very fluffy, I guess, put that way, not very technical. So, uh, but in any case, so um, this device was previously available as DP for uh, 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 Profinet, uh, Profibus rather, in uh, Heart. Okay. And this allows you to, uh, it's like a gateway, allows you to connect your, yeah, it says right here gateway allows you to connect to your Profinet from maybe a condition monitoring system. Okay. So in any case, let's go on to an, another new product. This one's from Emerson. And I had to go back and check. So this is their PAC Systems IPC 2010. And we did talk about this back in December. Uh, apparently the PDF got revved and the link goes to the old rev of the PDF because it doesn't work. But this is a... Um, what are they calling it? This is called a compact, rugged PC built to connect to industrial floor, connect from the industrial floor to the cloud. So in any case, this is part of their Pack Edge IoT platform and uh, has Movicon software built in and it has that uh, IIoT platform built in as well. So think of it as their Edge platform where you can load apps. And so you can see here more information about this. It is um an interesting new product I, I don't know what the specs are but i wanted to share it with you because i just found it last night and then we go over to mitsubishi they have announced a new r86tb teach pendant and this teach pendant can actually replace a computer it can do almost everything you you used to have to do like the previous teach pendants couldn't do everything this unit is is like a 10 inch computer and teach pendant all in one so that's what i'm getting from reading about this um this uh, is designed, let's see here, it, it uh, major functions of Melsoft RT Toolbox 3, um, PC software are available on this unit, so you don't have to have a separate PC anymore. So very interesting new product from Mitsubishi. And then we go over to some uh, product spotlight, actually, from Rockwell Automation. And I was, I was reading about this, and, um, you know, sometimes vendors, they release a product, they do the whole launch campaign. And then after a few months, they want to not relaunch it, but, you know, do another round of press releases on it. And I think that's what they're doing here. 
you know, they're trying to, get the, um, I shouldn't say trying, they have a kind of like a, uh, they're, they're really promoting the embedded edge compute module. I'll show you a picture of that in a minute. We've covered that many times. This is like less expensive than their full blown compute module. And this is designed for those applications where you're going to do a REST API, OPC UA, MQTT, but it also can run factory talk optics. And I believe from our previous coverage, it actually comes with a small factory talk optics license. So that's really cool. The, the thing, um, and let me pull up a picture of it here. Now I can get a bigger picture if I zoom in. A little odd that that picture is so small. Okay, here we go. So here's what it looks like. Again, this is the edge version of the compute module. There's a full-blown compute module. But um, one of the things I always come back to with these, and, you know, I haven't done this for, you know, 34 years, is the fact that, you know, that like one of those uh, IPCs, like I, we've looked at so many times, you know, uh, they're typically a lot less expensive because they're not sitting in that back plane, right? And so these, though, are great when you don't have any other room in the cabinet, right? Maybe you have a seven-slot rack, and that says you can't put anything else in the enclosure, and you have an open slot, then this is great. Another thing is, if you wanted to get data quickly across the backplane, that would be another reason to have one of these. Aside from that, though, I struggle. I would love to get these guys on the show. I struggle to see, you know, going all the way back to the 1771 DSX2 and 4 uh, PCs in a 1771 slot. Um, struggle with the, with the, you know, most people do have a little extra space in the enclosure so they could use an IPC. But in any case, from there, I wanted to, to go over to um, Automation Direct because I noticed that they had a, another uh, note that they're carrying the Wago Eco 2 series power supplies that we've talked about these in the past. I believe we actually uh, covered their original launch or relaunch. And um, these start at $60. So, you know, I've, you know, when I wanted to save money, I would buy off brand um power supplies but i was worried or concerned that they wouldn't last long or they may damage my equipment you get wago here this is a brand name right and they've been in business for many many years so um something to consider if you're uh, tight on a budget um from there uh today we're going to feature our compact logics training course and the reason i'm featuring this is because um i got a lot of questions on this one so we have two courses one's focused on compact logics it's called compact basics and one's focused on, focused on control logics is called PAC basics. And um, the, the difference is they're very, very similar. But in all of my courses, I like to go through as much hardware as I can. I, uh, the, you should see the hardware I picked up um, for the, up the, the new courses I'm filming. Just so much stuff. I got, a, um, I got some adapters for the, uh, for the uh, 1769IO so I can walk you through that. And these will end up being stations here in the training room where if you come to a physical class, you'll be able to go around and, and test these things or connect to them remotely um, and whatnot. So in any case, just pick, try to pick up as much different hardware as I can so I can really give you a feel because I know a lot of training classes, you have the classic 16-point digital in, 16-point digital out, and that's it. You never get to see anything else, right? And you know what? A lot of you guys out there, you're in a plant. You can't actually take the stuff apart to take a look at it. So that's my job as an instructor. So that's today's featured product. Again, it's on sale for $149, and you get the next uh, 2024, cast, 2024 class at no charge. Uh, from there, we go to Opto 22, and this is great. So if you're using their Epic, uh, like the Epic Grooves, right, um, if you send in your story on how you're using it, they will give you one of these. And we looked at this around the holiday time. I think it was uh, they were handing it out around Christmas because uh, as an ornament. And these are 3D printed little, little itty bitty um, Groove Epics, and they just look so cool. 
So in any case, if you want one of these free to put on your desk, um, just tell them how you're using the Groove Epic. And uh, it seems like they're going to print up enough of these for everybody who has an interesting uh, application uh, using their product. Uh, from there, we go over to an interesting article from Yaskawa. Now, this one talks about zero maintenance, right? Can you really buy a cobot or a robot that has zero maintenance? And I enjoyed this article. I'm not going to read it all for you, but, um, you know, I enjoyed their take on, you know, company A versus them talking about, hey, you only running two shifts or are you running three shifts, right? And so some sometimes they reduce, like, their uh, their assumption of how often you're going to use it so they can say that you don't have to maintain it very often. And then the other one, though, is if you take a look at any uh, company that has um, really, say, no service required, well, that's because none of the parts on the robot are serviceable in many cases, right? Because nothing is going to run forever without service. And so in many cases, you're throwing away most of the robot to be when it when it hits end of life. So, you know, I thought they brought some interesting points here, especially if you're using robots or cobots. You may want to check that out. And then we go over to an article from, um, oops, Reimagining Remote I.O. to Improve Lab and Pharmacy Automation. Now, I typically wouldn't bring something up like this because most of you are not working in lab and uh, in that type of uh, environments, right? But in any case, um, I thought this was interesting because what they're talking about here is uh, can be um, used in any application, right? And uh, I'll go over to our recent podcast with Banner where we talked about just that. So they have their gateways that do Ethernet, Profinet, and Modbus TCP all in one device. Just choose what you want. And then they use Modbus or a snap signal, if you remember from my older podcast, to talk to so many of their devices, even to their IOLink hubs. And it's very cool how um, they're utilizing it. And I know a lot of people will be like, hey, Sean, Modbus TCP, Modbus RTU, especially Modbus RTU, which is what we're talking about here. Modbus RTU, it can't handle high volumes of data from like my PLC to my historian. Well, you may be right about that, right? We all know about data highway sidewalk or data sidewalk, data highway 45. And, um, you know, it, it's packets, you know, it was very limited at 19.2 and how much data it could, um, it could serve up. And so that's RS45, right? So, but here's the thing, when you're doing it in a, this type of application, you're not, you're not talking thousands of words of data from a photo eye or from a push button, right? You get a handful of words. You look at IOLink, there's not tens of thousands of integers or dents that you need to read in, right? So I think this is a great way to repurpose that that um, awesome uh, network, Modbus RTU, um, to talk to actual, talk to, you know, either IO blocks or talk to um, IOLink or talk to sensors. So that is, if you're listening, that's podcast 192. From there, we go over to uh, what I thought was an excellent article from ABB on how they're, what they see AI's role in robotics in the coming years. And I'll just hit the highlights here. So number one, they believe AI will drive new levels of autonomy and robotic applications. Now, again, you guys, if you watch the show regularly, you know, we're not talking about Skynet here. We're talking about better algorithms, right? Just like you, there's better algorithms on our vision cameras that make it set up and identification so much easier now. This is also going to translate into robotics. They're going to be able to find products better, avoid obstacles better, and so on. Uh, number two, um, AI will see robots enter new sectors. So as the products can do built more and be set up quicker, they can actually do different 
jobs, right? Like we see machine tending, right? So that's been a uh, definitely a trend of, since COVID for sure. Um, and then the number three is AI will offer new opportunities for education and working with robots. So absolutely, I think, um, it, you know, and you say, well, education, well, think of it this way, right? Um, if you can ask, uh, you know, Alexa a question or Siri a question or Google Home a question, right? Um, and it can, it can, you know, maybe 50% of the time find the answer for you. Think of a student who's reading a lesson. They're like, I don't get this. Can you explain it a different way? That would be really cool, right? Because we all learn a little differently. So in any case, I do think that, and of course, make it set up easier, teaching it easier. We saw some of those uh, those 3D apps where you can, uh, it'll tell you if the program you've written in is going to collide with anything. So very interesting stuff. And of course, we've had, uh, I think it was real-time robotics on the podcast to talk about how they're allowing arms, robot arms to work in the same spaces. So very cool stuff. From there, we go over to Fanook, and this, I actually missed this uh, on Tuesday, but they have a new article about cobot palletizers evolve with longer reach, heavier payloads, and easier interfaces. And they're highlighting a couple of their products here. And you can see here, if you're watching, you see uh, a uh, it looks like a, uh, a cobot on a tall base. And so they have two different models, one with a longer reach and heavier payload, and then one with a, 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 a shorter reach and less payload capability. So the smaller one is the CRX25IA, and the larger one is a CR35IB. An interesting article, if you're looking to get an articulating a robot arm or cobot to, to actually do your palletizing, I know in some applications it's the best solution. Not in all. I, I still am a fan of the, you know, the conveyor goes right onto the palletizers and there's pushers that, you know, arrange everything because that's that's price effective, right? But in any case, sometimes the... Uh, the, the packages and how you have to stack them, that's that's just too complicated for a simple system like that. But in any case, love to know your thoughts on that. So that that was an interesting article I wanted to share with you. And then over at Siemens, they had a new article, Simplifying Robot Deployment with Cymatic Robot Integrator. Now, I don't know much about this. Uh, it was an interesting article. One of the things I thought um, was interesting, and we see a lot of this, but um, what they're talking about is being able to provide a standard uh, robot interface. And now I know a lot of people are working on this and, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the standard takes off or another one takes off. But I think that's probably, you know, having a robotic interface for a control system that, you know, no matter what the major brand is, kind of like when you boot up your PC. Remember back in the old days when Windows was just coming out or in the DOS days, you had like a choice of like four printers you could print to. Nowadays, you have like somebody provides you a driver and then you can print to any printer, right? If you have the driver for it, kind of like an EDS file uh, for like a network, right? You have a strange device. We used to see this a lot with device that you have the strange device. You need to get the right EDS. I don't know how many times people got the wrong EDS file and it wouldn't work. And they called me and I was like, hey, get the right EDS file. <laughs> so, but in any case, so that'll be interesting to see if that goes anywhere. I hope it does. Uh, from there, we go back to ABB. They have a new application profile. And this is how a Swedish metal fabricator beats co the capacity squeeze by using cobots. And uh, in this case, I believe it's welding. And uh, yeah, we can see it here. So we're seeing welding a lot because there's a shorter of welders too, right? And uh, typically welders are making really good money, making more than I make, right? So, um, you know, they're making six figures. So in any case, in a lot of places. So... Um, you know, if you can't find somebody, you know, doing a, doing a, 
you know, having maybe one supervisor manage a bunch of welding robots may be an option. Who knows? But in any case, so let's go from there over to an article, another application profile. Siemens Accelerator helps Spain to drive the digital transformation of its food and beverage industry, right? And so um, you can see they actually have three different case studies here about you know, food and beverage in Spain. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Delio, I'm probably not pronouncing these names right, but Delio is one and uh, Coca-Cola is another and Econoke, Econoke, Noki? I don't know. Indoor, indoor farming is a third. So I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to pass it on. And then, of course, we come to our featured guide of the day. Now, if you go to the automation blog, you want to find the guides, right? Just, just go to the guides right here. You'll see us the 16 we have right now. And today we're looking at the Compact Logics guide. And I think this guide has, yeah, over 140 articles and videos. And again, our guides at the automation blog are always free, 100% free. So uh, if you know anybody who's going to start with the Compact Logics, or we actually do cover some more, uh, some more advanced stuff in here too. And um, let's go down here. And I've had some freelancers write for me as well. I really appreciate when those people contact me to submit articles. And, uh, you know, we talk about the different versions that have come out. We've had Rockwell on the show many times uh, in the previous years, at least. Um, you know, I've written articles. Recently, I written one. I, I did a video that, uh, you know, updates what's new from Automation Fear and so on. Um, and, yeah, so that's our featured guide for today. With that, we go over to... Um, events. Now, I'm actually meeting with Endress Hauser today. I'm looking forward to recording a podcast with them. We've been covering them on the show for a while now, and they just have a great uh, uh, suite of products. I know a lot of Rockwell users use them because they provide add-on instructions, so that makes it easy to integrate their products. So in any case, um, they have a new event coming up. It's on February 28th at 1 p.m. EDT. So I'm thinking that's Eastern Daylight Time. But in any case, uh, February 28th, this is Innovations for Food and Beverage Level and Flow Applications. So for all you food and beverage people out there, you may want to check that out. And then we go over to another event from Horner Automation. Of course, you can always catch their previous events. They have them all linked there. And um, um, I want to say we also had them on a podcast to bring us up to speed on their OCS product. So very interesting PLC HMI. Um, so here you see that uh, on the February 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern time, they'll be discussing AI and Horner Automation. So what are they doing with AI and so on? So sounds like it'll be a real interesting, uh, interesting uh, event, live stream. And then from there, we go over to Opto 22, and they're having a road show. And I believe it's in Indiana. So I'm going to link to this page, but if you want to find out exactly, click on this link down here, and that brings you to their Smart Manufacturing Roadshow in Indiana. This is on Wednesday, February 28th, so it's coming up quick. It's from 8.30 in the morning to 6 p.m. Eastern, and it's in Indianapolis. Okay, you can see all the details right there. They got a whole agenda and everything. So um, if you're interested in that, check that out. And... Uh, we also had some new videos. Now, I talked about the MSN AMS videos. I didn't include them. They were kind of fluffy and not very technical. But one uh, video that was very uh, technical, and I enjoyed talking with uh, Luis Navarre from Siemens in our Tuesday Automation Tech Talk. 
And uh, we're trying to do this every week, but it's hard getting people on the show. With, when you start a new show, it's hard enough getting people to come on the podcast every week or or uh, other shows. So um, in any case, hopefully this will eventually be. You should see the studio. We got three new chairs coming in today, nice, comfy uh, armchairs. And uh, I decided to order a uh, uh, a, low, a lower uh, table as a coffee table. I ordered a workbench that goes down to 24 inches or 29 inches. Um, uh, cause I looked at a bunch of coffee tables and I'm like, you know what? I can get a real workbench. Like the ones I use in my courses in my videos for, for less than a price of a, of a coffee table. So that's what we're going with there. And you know, that's like they, somebody brings in some products and they want to chat, but they also want to, you know, handle some products. We'll have that nice workbench in there. So in any case, but, um, uh, Lewis came on and we spent uh, almost an hour talking about cybersecurity for industrial control systems. We talked about some other things too. It's, it's just a, you know, on, on, you know, you don't have to practice. You just show up and we talk tech. That's the whole idea behind it. I've had so many people who wanted just to come on the podcast and do that. And that's not what the podcast is for. So that's more of the formal, Hey, this is like a session on a trade show. But in any case, we also released an excellent podcast. If you want to know all about Siemens, machine mount like ip67 io you will learn everything we actually had two people on we had garrett and then we had raj back on as well and they came in and they kind of tag team and covered all of their machine mount io now if you're it probably you know if you're if you're going to use it or if you just want to know what the other guy's doing that would be um that would be why i'd recommend uh, watching it now for you listening this is podcast 193 and it's available on most major platforms. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Amazon, Podcast Index, Podchaser, YouTube, Rundle, Rumble, ugh, Rumble, and RSS. Of course, you can always watch it right here on the automation blog. We're, we're playing with embedding the YouTube videos here just to save time so we don't have to upload it to another service. So um, in any case, and then we have a podcast subscription with a company that uh, hosts it for us and sends it out to all those other places. So you can catch that there. And with that, we go to, um, what am I looking for? Why is this, this is, this is supposed to come up to a specific page and it didn't. So we'll skip that one. And here we have, I think that was supposed to be the firmware for the uh, S7-1500. So I don't know why that page is defaulting to that. But in any case, we also have new firmware for the ET200SP. This is a firmware collection. So for all the ET200SPs, um, you can just get that one download, which is cool. Uh, reminds me of the old Mega Bundle from Rockwell. Um, we also have the, uh, from Rockwell, we have a brand new selection guide for the Armor Block IO modules. So check that out if you use an Armor Block. That's 68 pages. And we also had a new tech data on PowerFlex DC drives and field controllers. So um, we don't see those very often, but they have a full line of them. And uh, over on the Schneider side, we do it. We're meeting with Schneider to record another episode. I think it's next week, but I'm uh, looking forward to that. We've had them on. It's great. I just love sitting down with all these vendors and learning what they're doing. But uh, this is a catalog. If you're using Monocon, right, the PACs, not the PLCs. We've talked about those machine-level PLCs on the show and on the podcast with uh, with Jay and his team. And uh, But this one is um, for the PACs. We go back to the podcast we do with Lewis. I think it's over a year, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And so this we're talking about here. This is a catalog that includes information on ecostructure control expert, ecostructure control engineering, ecostructure OPC UA server and factory server, and ecostructure process expert. So a process expert. <laughs> um, in any case, um, if you don't know, almost everything in this kind of factory automation space for uh, for uh, uh, 
Schneider is ecostructure something, right? It's kind of like Factory Talk or, you know, some of, some of these other uh, other uh, companies, uh, their names. So with that, let's go on to, now I couldn't open this one up, but this is an ATV 6000 DTM library. I wanted to download something. So I'm just going to share a link to this page. If you need to download that, um, you'll be able to do so right there. And with that, we come to, and now this isn't the end of the show. I get something important to talk to you about as well. But uh, here we have a peek at Intel's future foundry tech. This is an article from IEEE Spectrum. I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's, you know, it's it's just interesting to see not only are they getting into the 2.5D and 3D chips, right? But, um, and we, which we talked about many times, but they're also kind of separating their chip development and salespeople from their foundries, right? We remember back when AMD did this with global foundries, we had a big global foundries uh, plant, huge, massive, moving to New York. I was actually giving a presentation there about Asset Center when there was an earthquake and the lights were, I call it my earth shattering presentation, but it wasn't a bad one, but but things were, you know, swaying a little bit, right? Something you don't want to happen at a foundry. But in any case, um, so very interesting. I really enjoyed this article. If you're following chips and Intel and AMD and all these companies making semiconductors, I think you'll enjoy this as well. Now, what I want to well, first, let me thank the Automation School for sponsoring this episode. If you know anybody looking for control logics, compact logics, S7 1200 or 1500 training, um, if you're looking for a Panel View Plus VUSE training, um, we have new student discounts. Just drop me an email. We also have a returning student discounts. Just drop me an email. Use the contact link up here. It sends me an email. Um, we don't put the email on the site um, because you get all kinds of junk mail, right, when you do that. But in any case, um, you can buy the standard edition, the level one edition, or the level one and two. We are working on including, when we have an educational article here on the show, we try to include it over there on the news or resources. So anytime I deem something as I think it's educational, I want to share it with the students so they can see it. You can see sometimes we don't have pictures, so I got to go back in and add the picture. But then you can see all the previous ones too. Um, in any case, and we have tons of bundles. So um, please, if you know anybody who's looking for training, we do group enrollment. So we have several large companies that have uh, 10 to 20 people enrolled, even more. And this is a buy one zone forever, right? So we have never had a good, in over 10 years, we've never had anybody abuse that. And so, um, and look, from my experience, even in the early 90s, we would train the people from the paper plant on the same product every year because if it doesn't break, they don't get to use it, right? And plus, I think I've said this on the show, show a lot of people don't take the cost right away so that's why we're not kind of against the subscription model um from there uh you can always follow me or get in touch over at automation.locals.com and this is a new pc so you can see i'm not logged in there and you can also send us in news tips and feedback and using the feedback or talkback link or news tip link on either the automationblog.com or automate.news i do want to thank everybody who picks up i mean usually we're just making a buck or two on some of these items, but uh, when you pick up a, a, a coffee cup or a, uh, uh, you know, one of our eBooks or one of our T-shirts, and I get some great ideas for some new ones, um, you know, every penny goes right back into the show and podcast and, and website. And with that, uh, here we are. I've been, f we have uh, Julius coming in and posting these, these uh, links every day now for us that we have a news uh, show, but I've been a little tardy posting my links in there. Um, so I got to get to that too. But what I wanted to talk to you about was not automate.news where you'll find all the links to every story we've ever covered, which is up to 3,700. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about next week. So, you know, 
over the last couple of weeks, you've seen me trying to work here out of temporary locations, whether it's in my home office upstairs or whether it's uh, whether it's here in the new office suite we're leasing. Um, and, um, you know, everything is like in flux. And like this morning, I was like, because I ran into the, to the office manager and we had to talk about the heating and, you know, there's some great things about being the first person in and then there's some some bad things about being the first person into a new office uh, complex or renovated renovated uh, office complex. So in any case, with all that said, two things. First of all, to get ready for my March 1st, I have contractually obligated to start filming a new course March 1st on an HMI, which I'm very excited to do. So given that, I don't think I can get the studio ready in time, um, taking you know a couple days out to do two more shows next week. So um, we are going to pause the Automation Morning Show. There will be no new episodes next week as far as I'm planning right now, okay? So the plan is just to take one week off, get the studios up and running, and uh, so I can film those courses. And then, then I should be able to, once all that work's done, I should be able to do the morning show on Tuesdays and Thursdays again. The other thing is we've been looking at how many of you are watching live versus after the fact. And most of you are not watching the show until after 9.30. So with now the half an hour drive out here and I got to pack lunch, I got to make, you know, I get all this extra time that usually I just walk out of the house into my garage studio and start doing the show. Now I'm losing another hour in the morning, just getting there and getting in and getting all settled. So I haven't had time to, to, to get my exercise in or do some other things I like to do in the morning. So we're going to push this show back. I'm thinking the new show time will be 9.30 when we relaunch. It's not going to affect most of you because most of you are watching it after the fact, but it will definitely make our lives a lot easier. We're not trying to get out of the house at uh, 6.30 to get here for 7, and hopefully everything's up and running. You know, we'll still get here early, but by having the show at 9.30, it'll just make life easier on us. So that's the plan. So I won't see you guys next week for, we do hope to have another episode of the Automation Podcast on Wednesday. Um, but I don't think I'll be seeing you guys uh, next week for the Automation Morning Show. So I do want to let you know that we hope to be back the following week if we can get everything set up. I actually got my bride coming in. She's painting uh, my wife of 34 years, coming in and painting, uh, oh, going on 35, painting some of the, the walls in here are pink and and yucky colors. So she's coming in to paint them the nice light gray. We got furniture coming in. We got tables coming in. We got all kinds of stuff. So uh, hope to have everything ready for next week. So. Uh, I won't see you guys next week. So with that said, please have an awesome weekend and an awesome week. No matter what happens, I want to encourage you to stay courageous and stay fearless and try to stay positive. And uh, just uh, we'll see you on the other side. And with that, I just want to wish you all peace. And until next time, we'll see you.